0: Oh, shit, David. What is that? I don't know. Come on. Come on, where? Anywhere. I think we should just keep moving. Oh, shit. What is it? It's a sheepdog or something. Come on, turn slowly. Let's walk away. Nice doggy. Good boy. Come on, Jack. Walk away. Walking away, yes. Here we are, walking away. you see anything? No. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. Jack! What? Where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, because... Oh! You really scared me, you shithead. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Through the streets of Soho in the rain. He was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fooks. Gonna get a big dish of chow mein. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes, and I'm joined by my washing machine, which is rolling around in the background, so you're going to have to deal with that for a few minutes. Sorry. Uh, and I'm joined by my brother Adam over Skype in the United States of America. The United States of America. Uh, yes, hello, hi. You sounded like the guy from Blues Brothers. That ain't no Hank Williams song. William <laughs> hi, Dougie. Um... Yeah, um, We like country and western. <laughs> um... It's a good... Yeah, it's it's a new day here. Well, it's not a new day. I'm actually... It's the evening. It must be really late where you were. Yeah, it's just, uh... It's just... It's turned 11.10 in the p.m. Right. Um... Okay, this is off to a strange start. Um, anyway, um... I'm used to being really tired when I record this, but I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. Um... So um, yes, shall we um, shall we get cracking? Let's yeah. not talk about movie news this time because I don't want to insult anyone else. I just and I also wanted to say um, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Marvel that of course um, I forgot to mention Black Panther, which had an enormous impact mm-hmm. um, pop culture wise in a very positive way, which I yeah. feel like is an important footnote to uh, what I was talking about. So most Marvel films are still shit. I like Guardians of the Galaxy black panther very very useful film that I have not seen but that had big repercussions and and so yeah. on and so forth so you, you know, should you should add actually that to the soup you know you should check it out oh. black Panther's really good oh, I'd like to I want to, I want to see black panther uh but anyway just I thought I should mention that as a corrective to some of my stringent opinions of the last episode uh, I am in fact capable of nuanced thought yeah. who would have thought it anyway how are you I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, been a little, I don't know. I went to a Halloween party over the weekend, so I'm still feeling a little, well, not it's Wednesday. How much did you drink? I, I don't know. I, my whole Sunday I was in bed and then I was just so hung over. I just ended up watching old episodes of South Park. Fair enough. Um, but no, it was why, good fun. What, what, um, what, 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 okay. Yeah. What were you dressed as? um i didn't it was a bit last minute so i found like some it was like some clown costume kind of thing but it was like a blazer and pants and the blazer was like half uh you know the card deck so one side was diamonds the other side was like clubs or dots or something like that and one of my friends kind of like said oh it's kind of that's pretty cool you look like two face you sound like you look like an idiot (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you have this jacket available can you show it to me uh it's in a plastic bag uh sort of container in in my bedroom at the moment all right fine. i have or like I, a, have I have i have i have a photo. Fo- i took a selfie in of myself because i want because felina my girlfriend wanted to see a photo of me can, so can i can you show me that on the camera now please uh okay fine yeah i want to see that i want to see this garment I, I, I don't fully your description wasn't very brilliant so i'm not i'm picturing i'm not sure what i've got in my just, head. just think demented game show host or something well, yes, that's what I always think about you. So, Jesus Christ! What the hell is that? <laughs> you, that is a demented game show host. That's like fucking. You look like something out of a David Lynch movie. <laughs> how much did you spend on that? Actually, don't tell me how much you spent on it. But how much did you spend on it? <laughs> Hold up your hands. Uh, like, okay, you what you want? Was you... it more? Okay, but I, I'm gonna say this in just saying. Solid. Was it? Was it more than? Twenty dollars. It was between twenty and I would say twenty and thirty dollars. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. No, it was fine. It was like. Where'd you find it in a dumpster? No, it was some yeah. Some guy was like. Did you kill a clown? And no, did you no kill a guy was clown? like. It was like you want to buy this costume? It's really good. And I also have frozen yogurt, which I call Frogut. But be What's careful, the costume is cursed. What's that from? What's that from? It's a Simpsons trio of horror reference. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I if went you should die before you wake. You'll <laughs> be sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, is yeah. it still is it still scary movie month? Then yeah, it's still scary movie month here. I've been watching a few uh, modern horror movies. I saw a movie called um, and a few old ones as well. I saw a couple <laughs> of. Um, have, you, have you heard of Amicus Productions? No. They, it, was, uh, it was two American guys. They set it up in England and their sort of main movies that they did were anthology horror films. And their first one that they did was uh, actually a really great film and I would consider one of my favorite horror movies Dr. Terror's House of Horrors with mm-hmm. Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee and Donald Sutherland. Hmm. So it's basically... T- uh, it, <laughs> Peter Cushing plays a guy called Doctor Terror who who sits on a train with five or four other people and he basically like he has these tarot cards and he reads their for their their future and then you see that so each story is like their future that he reads out to them. Cool, it's I really love good. The sound of that. So a lot of their films are a bit like that. Like the ones I watched were um, Tales from the Crypt, which is basically a people are looking around a crypt and then the crypt keeper brings them in and shows them and tells them how they're going to die is uh, vincent price in that no but vincent price should have been in it which i've seen i've heard of tales of the crypt okay well there's the tv show that hbo did and then there's the the film with uh ralph i think it's ralph richardson as the the crypt keeper. oh yeah i know ralph richardson yeah he's in stuff yeah, yeah. And i think yeah peter Cushing shows up in one of the one of the films as a blind man and um, not one of the main characters who has a story told. But, um, no, like, Amicus, like, made... They they, they were able to get, like... Because horror films were really popular at that point in the 1950s and 60s, so they were able to rope in, like, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, who were, like, staples of those movies. And then the other so one... So this is w- a British production company. Yeah, but it was set up by two American guys. And they wrote the yeah. screenplays, or they worked on all the screenplays and produced them, all these movies that they did. They did other horror movies as well, but they did, like... Like, the main sort of horror films that they did were these portmanteau anthology horror films. Cool. Well, I haven't watched anything. Um, I watched Dracula, but I think I told you about that already. The um, Todd, Todd Browning one. Yes. Um, the guy who plays... the Who's the character who goes to see him at the beginning? Renfield. Renfield. That's an amazing performance. Yeah, that's... It's like the- Andy Serkis. Like, he's really, like... But that's the guy that... But that's the guy that plays Fritz in Frankenstein. Ha! Yeah. I didn't realise. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, it all comes It all it comes, comes, full circle. comes full circle, yeah. And he's also in Bride of Frankenstein, but he plays a different character. Ooh. He plays one uh, of... So, he plays one of Dr. Pretorius's, like, little minions. Okay. Um. So what are we talking about today? Another black and white movie? Uh, No, we're going to go a bit, uh, bit more modern. Not too modern nowadays, because you haven't seen that many modern horror films apart from maybe what sort of films these days and like in the last five years have you seen like horror get films? Out. get out okay you haven't that's seen pretty much it yeah well that's pretty I mean yeah but you haven't seen like any of the conjuring films or it or anything no like that. I saw the first hostel movie yeah you saw that in the cinema yeah that was that was pretty fun I know I haven't seen um I haven't seen a lot of the um more recent stuff but you know um, that's hardly surprising, giving my uh, mm. giving my taste. Um, so, so yeah. What, what are we? What are we? What's on the What's on the docket yeah. for today? Okay, so to take you back, I'm taking you back to 1968 or 1969. I can't remember when, but there was a certain film being made in Yugoslavia, a film called Kelly's Heroes, and director. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, and uh, director. Are we talking about Kelly's Heroes. Well, it, it, that's not a scary movie. No, but let me. I'll just. I'm giving it Unless back you're a German. Giving up <laughs> It was very funny. Uh, <laughs> um, I was just. Sorry, did you just have a glitch or something? Was <laughs> no, I was. I, no. I, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Kelly's here. Have I broken you? <laughs> no. no. Why didn't you turn yourself on and off again? See if that worked. <laughs> i'm good Uh, that wasn't most carry on Uh, okay so direct writer (laughs) writer director john landis who's uh made many great comedy films uh animal house uh trading places um blues brothers which is a classic one of my favorite movies he worked on kelly's heroes as like you know a guy you know like basically a runner so that was like his first sort of film job oh cool yeah i didn't know that so he got to meet everybody. There's like the, on, the, uh, on the behind the scenes of American Werewolf in London, which, which is the movie we're going to talk about. There are like pictures of him in Yugoslavia with all the actors and stuff like that. And while he was in Yugoslavia, when they were making the film, there was some odd funeral going on while they were, where they were filming. And it was a gypsy funeral. And basically nice. what, this is cool. And, I like basi- this story. And, and basically what happened was like he there was some they had like a interpreter or a guide or something like that and cause he was asking like what's going on over here? Oh it's a it's a gypsy funeral. And basically what happened was is like just I, got Don Rick like, ah there's a gypsy funeral over there. Um, <laughs> would you pipe down? <laughs> I haven't yeah. even asked you yet. What's well, I got I got this gypsy over here and there's this Arab, yeah. And Clint was like And Clonice was <laughs> like, What's going on over there? That wasn't very good. I don't, I don't think my Don Rickles is very good either. That's yeah, fine.
1: Did
0: uh, you it's... cut it up with those terrible impressions? <laughs> Why can't you say something good for a change? Uh, so, yeah, but the thing that made it really weird is that the guy was being uh, buried, sort of, not like conventionally, he was buried with his head down, with his legs up, as a, and, with a, and with like a wreath of garlic around his neck, so as a, as a way to not come back to life and he can't exactly remember exactly what the guy uh did i think it was like a rape or a murder or something like that something really bad that caused him to like be buried in this particular way so that he wouldn't come back and that inspired him to write the screenplay for american werewolf in london and american werewolf in london was the screenplay that he tried to use to get jobs in hollywood that was his first ever movie that he did and like a lot of people were sort of like uh no we're not too sure about this so he had to do a lot of films like animal house and um and blues brothers like once he did those movies and they were big box office hits those two films yeah they're huge those films are massive yeah and then that sort of gave people uh trust in sort of saying okay go do your your werewolf passion project and this was so this this was his big thing like the the werewolf movie yeah that was his like that was his that was his i think that was like a a script that he worked on for so long just to try and work his way to that basically well i'll be a circuit mule i had no idea yeah his first movie that he did i think it's called i think wait let me just look it up for a second um i I had sort of imagined that he was handed this thing and they was like you know the studio wants you to direct this film he was like a horror film i'm I'm mr comedy but then he directs it in his own Way. Yeah, but that's yeah. really cool that's fantastic yeah he did yeah he, he did four films before this he did before American Wealth in London and then he did Trading Places after that he did Schlock which was like this uh w- a- ape film that's where he met uh Rick Baker where he talked to him about the movie and then yes. Kentucky and then the Kentucky Fried movie and then Animal House and then Blues Brothers and there's quite a funny story around um with him and Rick Baker which 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 they talked about on the behind the scenes and uh rick baker he's he's releasing this giant new book with all these images from when he where when he's been working as a um as a uh, special effects and makeup artist and like he's been he's been doing the rounds and he was on kevin smith's podcast where he was talking about his career and how he got into movies and things like that and he's worked on like a bunch of films like rick oh, baker yeah. like the guy's done everything like he he was worked... he's, he's 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 the best in the business yeah he's one of those guys who everyone just recognizes as like this is the best in the business. You do Mm -hmm. not, like, Rick Baker is the beginning and the end in terms of this kind of makeup. You know, the thing about the Thriller video, he did that he? and he did, you know, this movie and, 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 like, countless other things. Yeah, I mean, he, like, they invented the Best Makeup uh, Oscar for American Wealth in London, and he won. won that's That's a pretty good, not only did you win the Oscar for Best Makeup, they literally invented the category for you. Yeah, and he won it seven times that's amazing yeah well the, the, these were the movies that he won it for he won it for okay so the first one he ever won it for was american werewolf in london and then he won it for harry and the hendersons and then he won it for ed wood nutty professor which he worked with eddie murphy on that film and then he also worked on men in black he won an oscar for that too he did all the men aliens. in black of course of course yes and how the grinch uh, stole christmas with uh, jim carrey and then the last one that he did was the Benicio del Toro, the Wolfman. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what was the funny story? Well, because like, well, he, his career kind of picked up around this sort of time. So he was getting a lot of work as a uh, special effects makeup guy. And also, cause it was very touch and go, whether this movie was going to happen or not. And he, had already sort of said yes to Joe Dante to do another werewolf movie, which is also great, called The Howling, which was uh, written by John Sayles, who wrote the screenplay for Lone Star. Tell the story! Don't just read the credits! And basically... <laughs> and then... Uh, and then basically... You, can, re- you, you go off into the weeds <laughs> and read, like, And he did this, and he was married to so-and-so, and then, and then he directed a film called The the, the, the Poop Monster in 1987. And it's so, like, tell the story about Rick Baker, please. Yeah, so rick baker gets called up by john landis saying uh i'm about to do american werewolf in london and we've been talking about this movie for a while and you've always wanted to do like a werewolf movie like the you know the godfather of werewolf films so let's go let's go to london to make this movie and he was like i'm already making the howling and then john landis basically shouted down the phone at him and was like you fucking betrayer and called him all these sort of nasty words and then betray hmm? yeah as like a joke kind of thing, but then, but then uh, Rick Baker at the time had a young uh, protege by the name of Rick uh, Rob, no, sorry, Rob Bottin, who did, who ended up doing the makeup on The Howling, and he's also he was the makeup artist on uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh wow! So so it worked out in the end that he was able to jump forward a projects, but like in the behind the scenes of American Well of London, Rick Baker was like, as a, he was like, I don't think John Landis has actually quite forgiven me for going nearly going on to the other film well thank god he didn't yeah well i mean so for those of you who don't know what american world in london is about it's basically about two uh american the the title gives it away Yeah, Yeah, the title gives it away yeah of course so yeah it starts off in the middle of nowhere i think it's in wales the first time you see the two men it's in the north it's in the north of england somewhere isn't it yeah i think so north uh kind of close to scotland i think it's, yeah, it's like the moors and stuff. It's up there. And like, I always imagined it as like Yorkshire or like Northumberland or something. Oh, yeah, something. it was in Yorkshire. It was Yorkshire. Ah, there you go. Yorkshire's a place. Yorkshire's a state of mind. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, they get there. Be, they uh, get driven up by some guy and they're in the back of a truck with a bunch of sheep. So they're lambs to the slaughter, basically. Really sort of tongue-in-cheek. That's the kind of like humor that you're going to go for in this film. And then they're told to uh, keep to the roads, stay off the moors. And then they stay briefly in this pub called the Slaughtered Lamb with these guys who look at them like, who the fuck are you guys? Why are you here? Get lost kind of thing. One of whom is Rick Mayle, the late, great Rick Mayo Yes, he is in that scene. That's true. And uh, then they get kicked out when one of them says, "Why do you guys have a five pointed star on your wall?" And then the guys are like, "Keep off the ro- uh, keep to the keep to the roads, stick off the- sorry, stick to the roads, keep off the moors, and beware the moon, lads." And then they- which is interesting because they get kicked out of the pub, and then they're like, "Be careful!" But then obviously, if they really want them to be protected, why don't they keep them in, in the in the pub? Yeah, that's one yeah. of the things about the movie. I'm always quite in- like i'm always a little bit like what's what's the deal with with the with the townsfolk and like what's what's the story with why why are they protecting the wolf and what are they i don't know that was one of the things i'm always like the sort of unspoken history and the sort of untold story about those those people i mean it's super it's super creepy it's 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 brilliant and of course they don't keep the demores and one of them gets killed by the werewolf yeah, and then the other one gets the bitten. The other one gets bitten by the werewolf. Yeah, and then get, wakes up in a hospital where Jenny Agatha is his nurse. Jenny Agatha oh, it was, Agatha, was sorry. the mother of someone I went to both prep school and Westminster with, and I was actually in to play with her son once. And I think, I think, I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty sure she did my makeup when I was as played a stoat in Toad of Toad Hall when I was nine. I mean, wow. when I was... 10. i can't remember how old i was um but oh. she definitely came to watch a rehearsal i did with her son when we were at uh, westminster that's pretty cool wow yeah. awesome oh well, you know jenny Agutter of railway children and uh walkabout fame and uh logan's, bunch of other logan's I mean, she was also pretty much considered like the like one of the british go-to screen babes at one point um yeah. no she was really good she was great uh like really good actress as well like a real sort of go-to like for anyone with like screen presence and like really sort of leading lady material she was yeah really she's, she's a really good actress i think um the, that bit in the railway i've not even seen the railway children but i know the bit at the end where she sees her father and she's like daddy and runs through, and it's like everyone just like bursts into tears it's it's, it's um yeah, she's she's got this um, she's got this English rose quality with an edge, you know. Yeah, she's really good. I I thought she was really good in this film as well. I I the first film I think I saw her in was the second uh, Child's Play movie, and she was she was quite good in, in that one as well. No, I tell you what, you would have seen her in before that is um, the Eagle Has Landed with Michael Caine playing a Nazi. Oh yeah, that's true. And Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland is in that one as well. He plays an Irishman in that one. I'm an Irish terrorist. Oh, uh, God, I can't do my. Uh, that, I can do Donald Sutherland, but I can't do Donald Sutherland doing an Irish accent. I don't think Donald Sutherland could either. Are you uh, going to kidnap Winston Churchill? I can't do it. Anyway, Eagle has landed. Film about Nazi trying to kidnap Winston Churchill. Incredibly entertaining. Watch it. Wasn't that a Jack Higgins book? It is a Jack Higgins book. The film was directed by John Sturgis. Um, it's. Completely silly, but it's full of brilliant actors and people. And you know Robert De is in it, Michael Caine, the aforementioned is in it. Um, you've got uh, you've got incredible uh, cameo from uh, Larry mm-hmm. Hagman, um, of all people. Uh, Donald Who? Pleasance plays Heinrich Himmler. Oh, Donald Pleasance! Uh, yeah. yeah. is in it. Like it's, it's got loads of great people. Yeah, well, Donald Pleasance, he's like a staple in horror. Halloween, Samuel Loomis. Yes, he's good. Um, back to, uh, uh, back well, to so hospital nurse he falls in love with nurse she takes him to London where she lives in, an, in completely ridiculous surroundings in like Kensington or somewhere Yeah. Uh, despite being an NHS nurse she can afford a flat I mean this is clearly set in the 80s uh, before Thatcher <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but, but during all that time when he's in the hospital he he sees his slowly rotting away friend who tells him to basically kill himself before kill he himself before he turns into a wolf and goes out and kills people and he has that, that incredible nightmare sequence where he's envisioned these like monsters killing his family and then he wakes up and then that's, he's still in a nightmare and then he wakes up again yeah that's uh, that, 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 that... incredible the audacity of that scene is amazing yeah i think at the time it was quite innovative but i feel like if you did that now would be a bit like Pastiche and cliché yeah, yeah, and whatever. stuff, but someone had to do it first. Yeah, I think he did it pretty well. I think it's very effective because you actually have that moment of like, oh, it's just a dream, and then like out of nowhere, there's like a Nazi stabbing the nurse to death. That's so good. And oh then he wakes God, up going cool. like, "Holy shit!" So yeah. So and then he he goes on these rampages as a wolf in London, and and there's that amazing transformation scene. Yeah, the, the tra- transformation scene, which um, is is like John Landis just. Like it just, just uh, no sorry Rick Baker sorry just yeah. like like okay you want to see yeah Baker? it's basically Should like with with this film they you know because I think like the the like in the Howling in some of the transformation sequence it's really like slow but they kind of cut away and then like there's more added to it and things like that and I mean the transformation sequences in those films are pretty good too and also like if you if you go back to the Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman. It's just like a sequence of dissolves. Like, you know, there's like a moment where like an actor's like rolling around and like, oh my God, something's happening to me. And then a woman's reacting to something happening off screen. And then like, ah, and then next shot is like full on Wolfman costume. And like, I think they shot the movie, I think in sequence, because I think Rick Baker wanted a lot of time to do to figure out what the the, the transformation and the werewolf was going to look like and i think and that's like halfway it's like bang on halfway through the film but yeah this that's scene. like pretty halfway through the movie and the sequence is pretty long and blue moon is playing in the background and like just it looks painful like when i still when yeah, i watch like proper body horror like yeah blah. Yeah, and it's like, it's, up it's in daylight, like not daylight, it, it's in, it's in a lit room. You don't, it's not hidden in darkness. Like you see everything. Like you just see him like wearing hair growing on his body, his head, like extending and his hands extending as well. And like David Norton, when like he met Rick Baker, Rick Baker was like, I'm going to, I feel so sorry for you of what we have to do to you in this movie, <laughs> like putting on all the makeup and stuff like that. Yeah, it would have taken days, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think um, it, I that think... sequence. I mean, if you haven't seen this film, that sequence is is why, one of the reasons why it's really famous. But I also really like the some of the London stuff. Like, I think the the way they use London is ingenious. Like, they use the old, and obviously Tottenham Court Road station doesn't look like this anymore. But they use the old Tottenham Court Road station brilliantly. Um, in this chase sequence where you don't actually see the wolf, no, you but don't. you get this. And, and, and it's like straight out of a Val Newton movie. Yeah. Um, I reminds me a lot of cat people, this bit where yeah. the, the hapless, um, uh, you know, uh, commuter, you know, lone commuter gets, gets chased down by the wolf. Um, it's, it's a really brilliant bit yeah but i even even like when there's like the camera's like there's like that big wide when it's uh pointing down and it's 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 at the top of the escalator and he's like on the escalator and he's trying to back up with it and then you see the wolf like a little bit like you see it's love, on all fours the and stuff they just show you just enough you know yeah um it's a really cool sorry, effect there's a dog who lives downstairs who um <laughs> is, yeah it's quite a yippy one um i think lily might be coming home oh, um okay. but um I didn't. I didn't hear the dog, so it was fine. Yeah, well, you might be able to hear it on the playback. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah. So um. So what's the um? I think one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he wakes up in London Zoo after his first night of rampage as a werewolf, and he's in the werewolf enclosure, and he doesn't have any idea how. There's no goes. werewolf enclosure, doofus. It's the wolf enclosure. W- w- wolf enclosure. <laughs> Speaking Sorry. of which, that wolf enclosure appears in two of the great films of the 80s namely this and with and i oh really i didn't know that oh right yeah because that's at the end of withnell where he he's in regent's park and he's um quoting hamlet to the wolves oh that's a great scene um yeah so they uh, this just just occurred to me yeah um you know always 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 making connections i am but yeah, anyway well, so what are you saying yeah, yeah I, I just i just really like that scene and he just like grabs the balloon and like tries to like hide his Nakedness from everyone. I thought I just I just think like I think like the sort of tongue-in-cheek aspect of the of the film is really funny, and it just you you're not really quite sure if it's supposed to be like a horror movie or a comedy, or, but it just feels like it's a blend of both. And I feel like this movie was pretty inspirational for movies like Shaun of the Dead, which is in the same sort of ballpark. Like it's a horror movie and a comedy at the same time. Like it, it's really good at blending both, and makes it you know makes it work seamlessly, in my opinion yeah um i think that's a really good point i i do I, I do think it the fact that this movie plays it for laughs means it can it it just it means it it doesn't fall into the camp horror bracket you know it knows it's being silly it knows it's over mm. the top it knows it's 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 a it's a ridiculous plot and it doesn't get bogged down in that and it has that john lander's kind of insouciance that he. Yeah. Has in um, that he displays in the Blues Brothers and other films, where he just allows for so much silliness, and it gives this great levity to the film. And um, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I think that's and and, and, you know it does it also lessens the scares a little bit for you know cowards like me. Yeah, I mean it's got some pretty good scares as well, especially the Piccadilly Circus uh, rampage at the end. I don't know. I don't think that's as scary as the 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 beginning is the scariest bit for me. That's the the pub Mm. and and the moors. That's like. That's peak scary for me. Yeah, because you... I, and some of the some of the London sequences. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the bit on the moors and everything, because th- they say that they can see the thing that's chasing them. They, like, do you think it's a dog? I don't know if it's a dog. Let's just keep going. And um, yeah. I just think it's, you know, I mean, you were saying about Val Lewton, uh, cat people, but also like movies like Jaws and Alien, you barely see like the alien and alien has about, at, I, I would say at least 10 minutes of screen time. Most of it is like in like shadows and like quick, like just cuts of everything, but you can just tell that it's this big scary thing that, 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 that the actors are physically reacting to. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. The, the alien stuff is, um, yeah. I mean, it's all, you know, it, it's that great thing of like, um, in that wonderful film, um, by Vincent Minnelli, the bad the bad and the beautiful, you know, where they the Kirk Douglas' character and his friend, you know, are talking about how they're gonna make this horror film, which is clearly based on cat people, and they're just gonna they're not gonna show the cat, you know? Mm. And um, and it's um it, it's such it's like tale as old time, you know. The less you show, if you show little glimpses of it, you will scare the audience more than if you just have a big monster that everyone can see. Yeah. But I also think one of the I think 80s movies, they just showed that i mean like in the 80s like practical effects were like you know makeup artists were like rock stars almost like people were like you know people like rick baker and tom savini people were like they were like they looked to them as like idols like you could just go nuts with blood and effects in those movies and it just just shows like you know like practical effects you know i'll take that over cgi any day of the week couldn't agree with you more i think it's brilliant yeah yeah. And 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 it's funny how it's coming back around now that people are going back to practical effects because they just have so much more like they're so mm. much more tactile, so much more real feeling. Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons why Rick Baker retired. He he got tired of, in in his words, he didn't like going into a film where someone hired him for a job and not really allowing him to do that job. Like one of the he did he did another werewolf movie in two thousand and five sort of did a werewolf movie in 2005 which was wes craven's movie cursed which i watched earlier in my um, uh, re-watch and that that whole film had a really crazy production history like and it was just bob weinstein in the background being like hey you know that werewolf movie that i thought i really liked the script and you guys have shot ninety percent of it already with all the Rick Baker makeup. Looks really good, by the way. Yeah, I don't like it. We're going to change all of it. We're going to bring another makeup effects guys. And then they ended up like making the werewolf out of CGI, and it just doesn't work. Ah. Yeah, is Robert, Um, is that the Weinstein? The, yeah, Bob. The naughty Bob, Bob Weinstein, the other Weinstein. Who's the Oh Harvey? Harvey. Harvey. Okay. So um, yeah, they both have their they were trouble keeping their hands off things. Um, yeah, I mean they I mean they have they, they do have the tendency to kind of take movies away from the directors and just sort of you know getting their Edward scissor hands all over it and stuff like that and yeah. yeah. Well, different kind of hands for uh, the other one. Um, but, um, but, but no, I uh, think you know Rick Rick Baker had he, he you know I think he he you should follow him on Instagram like he posts a lot of really cool stuff. He still does like makeup stuff but like not for films or anything. He does like he has like him and his daughter they do like really cool makeup costumes for like Halloween and stuff like that. Like all the different stages of how they do it and stuff. It's really really interesting and he, he shows like images from his movies and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. He seems incredibly endearing. A lot of these guys seem inc- like the I think of Ray Harryhausen as well, you know. They they yeah. seem like such Genuinely, like, interesting, patient. I mean, I guess you have to have so much patience for that work. Yeah. Um, But um, what about John Landis, though? So hes is he still around? What happened to him? Well, yeah, I mean, this was in, you know, because he—he this was in, like, the real prime of his career. He had a huge success with Animal House. He had a really big success with the Blues Brothers. And then he did this, which was also a success. And then he did Trading Places. And then he did the Twilight Zone movie, and Vic Morrow died on the movie while he was in his, in his sort of section of the movie that he was directing. And then it was kind of hit and miss a little bit after that. Like his career kind of went up and down in late, the sort of late 80s and 90s and stuff. So is he, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He's not making movies. Like the last movie he did was in 2010, which was the Burke and Hare film with Simon Pegg and Andy Circus. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. And his son, he's made uh, movies as well, but hasn't had the same amount of success that... Um, his father has had. And a a while ago, I I saw like online that they were planning on doing a remake of American Werewolf in London. And Max Landis was attached to write and direct the film. I don't think that movie is going to happen anymore due to a lot of people saying a lot of things about Max Landis and how uh, abusive he is. And, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of like, like a lot of stuff came up about him in the last couple like like after harvey weinstein like around that kind of period a lot of stuff a lot of stories yeah like he there was like his ex-girlfriend came with like this really long article about how uh, emotionally abusive he was in their relationship and stuff like that so yeah he he he, kind of came across as a piece of shit and like it was kind of weird because he had like this really long he had like a youtube channel where he was he was giving like advice about how to come up with stories and screenwriting and stuff like a lot of the scripts he came up with they sounded interesting on paper, but ultimately out of the ones that I've seen, none of them really, really worked like really kind of obscure like twists around certain things. Like he did a film with Daniel Radcliffe, which was like a twist on like the Frankenstein mythology and it just didn't really work. Well, so that is the end of the, that's the end of the Landis line, I guess. Yeah. Um, But um, but yeah, I think this film is, is, is deservedly remembered as a kind of great, uh, as one of the great uh, horror movies of, the, of its time yeah. and, um, and for being like a genuine um, uh, genuinely kind of revolutionary uh, movie in terms of the practical effects and some of the storytelling. Yeah, exactly. I, really, I mean, it's also a really simple film. It's just an American werewolf in London. It's just a very simple and well-made film. It doesn't have any kind of subplots, any kind of things that distract it or anything. It's just a really easy going, creepy, funny movie. Yeah, so go see it, folks. Um, yeah. Should we do recommendations? Yeah, let's do recommendations. Um, have I ever recommended you *Odds Against Tomorrow*? Uh, no. Who directed that again? No. Uh, anyway, it's a really good film noir. Uh, let me just look it up for you. Um, it's a great film noir with um, Harry Belafonte and Robert Ryan. It's a heist and uh, Ed Begley. It's a heist movie. Um, which uh, is largely filmed in New York. In fact, we all filmed in New York. Um, And um, it's got, it's very concerned with um, anti-black racism. Mm. And uh, Robert Ryan's character plays a traumatized war veteran who's also a racist southerner. uh, And he's supposed to do this heist with Harry Belafonte. um, And obviously, um, you know, chaos ensues. Robert Wise directed it. It's from 1959. Oh, um, I like I like you, Rob. I, I was th- I like Robert Wise. He's, he's a good director. Really, really good film. Shelley Winters is in it. Gloria mm. Graham is in it. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie, and actually really interesting the way it depicts, um, well, the way it deals with um, issues of race. Oh, nice. uh, so well worth seeing. Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend you the Alan Parker film Angel Heart which I have not seen. Yeah, it's a film with uh, Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. Uh, is it the one where Robert De Niro plays the devil? Yeah, spoilers. Uh, yeah, so it, it's basically like uh, Mickey Rourke is like a, a private detective and he goes all the way from New York and uh, New Orleans and Robert De Niro is like telling him to like, I need to find this person uh, that is a contract that uh, that we had that uh, I, that hasn't been fulfilled, and I need you to find him. And a lot of uh, weird shit happens to him. It had an X rating at one point. They had to cut. Alan Parker had to cut back quite a lot. And it's one of the films because I feel like if you're going to make a horror film in New Orleans, you really need to use that location really well because New Orleans is such a weird, wonderful place, and it has such a really creepy, gothic kind of vibe to it. And it uses the location uh, really well, even though it's like a period piece and things like that. And it's also a really, really good film and, and quite underrated. And Mickey Rourke is is uh, really good in it. And it's a shame that his career is kind of sidelined a little bit because he was in a lot of uh, pretty good stuff. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, Charlotte Rampling's in it. Lisa Bonet's in it. Yeah, there's some good actors in it. And Alan Parker is a good director. He did The Commitments and Bugsy Malone and stuff like that. But yeah, it's worth a watch. Should we do birthdays really quickly or? Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Brad Dorff's uh, der- uh, sorry, Brad Dorf's daughter Fiona Dorff, who is also an actress. Oh right, I think she shows up in an episode of Deadwood. I'm not too sure. Uh. Yeah, she's done. She's done a lot of stuff. She oh, she was in she was in True Blood and uh, oh yeah, she was in three episodes as a she was one of the prostitutes in the shades of me. Oh right. She okay, was only yeah. in three. She was only in three episodes, and she has starred with her father in some of the child's play films that have come out in the last uh, few years. She's a really good actress. I I, 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 I like her a lot. And uh, happy birthday to um, I'm going to really butcher her name, uh, Clemence uh, Clemency Poésie, the French actress from Clemence in- Poésie, Clemence Poésie from uh, Imbruges and uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. She's so good in Imbrus. Love her in that. Yeah, she's great. That's such a great film. Uh, happy birthday to the Fonzie himself, Henry Winkler. The Fonzie? You sound like a parent from nineteen. The Fonz. The Fonz. Hey. hey. He's you a parent. An idiot. <laughs> I'm the keep- Fonzie. I'm keeping that in. You're That's- the Fonzie. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. Uh, he's going to be in uh, Wes Anderson's uh, new film, The French Dispatch give a fuck seriously though henry winkler uh is a big supporter of the cause of um literacy and um really he's oh, cool. a real champion for that and i used to work in that kind of area so i really like the fact that he's um that that's something that is dear to his heart and that's uh, that he cares about so he gets my he got a big thumbs up from me oh nice well happy birthday to him and apparently he's really good on barry that tv show that bill hader does uh, happy birthday to Harry Hamlin. Who, speaking of uh, Harry uh, Rayhausen, what was it, Harryhausen? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clash- Ray Harryhausen. Ray, uh, he uh, he he played Perseus in uh, Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah. You ever seen that? Yeah, a long, long time ago when I was a kid. I I, it's, um, I, I can't remember it very well. I remember Lawrence Olivier plays Zeus, and I think at one point um, you get to see Ursula Andrew's bottom, but that's all I remember. I don't remember about that much. I just remember like all the like the effects and stuff. It was really, really. Uh... Well, there's the mechanical owl, which is a yeah. I think you know that was like the, probably one of the most sought after collectors' items. Yeah, that was that was a that was weird. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Kevin Pollock, who's uh, one of those actors who's been in pretty much everything from A Few Good Men to A Usual Suspects, where he plays Hockney. Yeah, which I just watched. That's a great movie. Such a good film. Oh. Yeah. Have we talked about that on, on here? No, we've never talked about that on here. All right, well, let's put it on the list. Yeah, um, he's great in that. I, I like his his performance in that. Uh, happy birthday to Charles Martin Smith, who uh, was famous for his roles in The Untouchables and uh, George Lucas's film American Graffiti, and is also he's a, a director uh, himself. He's uh, directed a few films, um, mostly uh, TV, but a few films as well. Nothing like well known, but you know he's. He's been an actor for quite a long time since the seventies. Have you seen American Graffiti? No, not yet. It's good. Uh, I mean, speaking of Shaun of the Dead, Jessica Hines, who played uh, Yvonne, the girl that they bump into uh, quite a lot in the yes, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she's that's it's her birthday today as well. She's she's I like her. She's really cool in, in that film. Happy birthday to uh, Ruth Gordon, who who starred in two of. Of my favourite films, uh, one of which was directed by one of my favourite uh, directors from the New Hollywood uh, period, Hal Ashby. She played Maud in Harold and Maud, and she won an Oscar in probably one of the creepiest films I've ever seen, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, she's so good in that. That is such a disturbing film. Oh, look, I'm just looking at the page, and it's uh, Leon Rippi's birthday. today. Yeah, King oh, of Deadwood. yeah, he- Tom Nuttall. Yeah, he's such a great character actor. He's such a—he just has that like perfect like face for like those those kind of characters. Yeah, he's born to play characters in the 19th century. Uh, happy birthday to English actress uh, Juliet Stevenson, uh, who's oh it? yeah, she's brilliant. *Bend It Like Beckham*, *Truly Madly Deeply*, oh, sorry, *Truly Truly Madly Deeply*, and a bunch bunch of other movies. Um... <coughs> she's great as well. Michael um... Winner. director of Death Wish yeah and he also directed um, uh, a creepy satanic movie from the 70s called The Sentinel which I thought was quite Uh, Uh, he directed that weird western lawman where he can't stop zooming oh yeah that was weird um, happy birthday to uh, documentary uh, filmmaker Joe Berlinger, who uh, did uh, recently did a, f- a, t- a documentary for Netflix uh, called uh, a documentary series for Netflix called Confessions with a Killer: The Ted Bundy Tapes, and also released another film after that called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, where Zac Efron actually played Ted Bundy. Ah, and I just realised it's Diego Maric on his birthday as well. Is that a footballer? was a footballer yeah oh gosh you don't Diego a okay do yourself a favor and look up some uh, look up some clips of Diego Maradona he was a brilliant footballer in the 80s and then um then he did a lot of drugs and he got very very fat and he's an incredibly absurd human being um th- there is a like there are just a ton of 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 of, of sillinesses involving involving that man it's also Grace Slick's birthday today lead singer of uh, Jefferson Airplane uh, I think they I think they did a documentary about Diego Maradona that just came out recently yes that's right it's playing on, um, I think it's HBO. Ah, you, uh, it, looked, it looked interesting. I didn't want, to, didn't want to check that out. Oh, happy birthday to Richard uh, Lagrevenez, uh, the screenwriter from uh, The Fisher King, uh, which is a fantastic film from Terry Gilliam and, st- and starred the late and great um, uh, Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Uh, really, really great film. And just to bring it all round, it's uh, Jane Randolph's birthday, who's the leading lady in Fat People. Ah, oh, happy birthday! Oh, if, if you if, there you go, you brought it full circle. Yeah, if you haven't seen Cat People, you deserve to put. You need to watch that movie. You really do. Yeah, yeah. And Watch Cat People and American Werewolf back to back. You won't regret it. Yeah, and also, it's, you know, it just it's one of those inspirational movies that every horror filmmaker has just taken something from Cat People and just put it into their films. All right, I need to go and eat dinner now, so uh, I'll speak to you later, my friend. Yeah, and I'll be seeing you soon. You'll be coming to Denmark in a couple of weeks. That's right, we're going out for dinner. I can't wait. Ooh, it'd be nice. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening to us talking about uh, American Werewolf in London. It's uh, definitely worth checking out if you're an American, like, no, sorry, if you're, an, if you're, if you're a horror if you're fan. American Werewolf in London, you should check out American Werewolf in London. Let me do this again. If you're a really big fan of horror comedies, it's it's definitely worth it's uh, a checkout it's one of the better horror comedies that really blends the the two together and is it balances them really well better than most that i've seen and uh if you're thinking about watching the sequel american werewolf in paris don't yeah. just don't 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 watch it it's not really good. All right, let's go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so you can the uh, Anyway, yes, you can subscribe to. Uh, the- <laughs> Before you start talking about that for half an hour. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, you can subscribe to subscribe, the podcast. Right, review. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, an Apple Podcast, where you can uh, leave us a review. So do feel free if you like the podcast to rate us and get, look good to hear what people have to say. You can also send us an email to homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com You can follow us on Twitter at Holmes Movies pod. Uh You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Fabricius, well, I'm at Fabricius91, F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S 91. Adam is the Northampton Dane. Yep. And you can also follow us on, on Instagram. I'm Anders F. Holmes. Adam is adam.h.f.homes. And is there anything you want to plug or anything like that? No, um, no. No, no there's nothing I want to plug cool all right i have nothing <laughs> that's fair fair enough uh, do uh do check out the rest of the podcast if you like this episode uh do uh stay tuned to a new episode i don't know if it's going to be a horror movie or something else we did talk about doing a 1969 sort of special episode but uh don't know if that, that'll be the next one or or not we'll just have to see won't we yes keep you on your toes but anyway yes and remember keep off the moors stick to the roads where the, the moon? I see bad moon rising. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I need to go to bed. Yes, you. Do.